Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perrone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center 4C, but the name is meaningful and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of, so I thank you for listening. I am here today again with Jim Sweet, author of Back to the Front Porch and Mental Freedom, both books about finding peace and enjoyment in life. Hello, Jim. How are you today? Hi, Kim. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, and I'm glad good. you're you're helping me out on the show so that Tisha can work on some other projects. And I appreciate she's she's still producing our episode. So happy to have you here as a co-host with me. Happy to be here. I appreciate it. Today's topic is taking a coach approach. So I kind of thought about this as um, cultivating your inner your inner life coach. When, when we're uh, coming across issues, things happening in life and work, it's what would a coach say, you know, and then behaving in that way or cultivating your inner coach. So, you know, what types of things we might do that might fall under that? Any, any thoughts that you had before I share some of the, my thoughts and we can talk about them. Yeah, it's um, it's a different way of looking at things. I think as far as if you're, you know, managing people, there's there's the manager management approach of do what I say, and then there's the coach approach where I, I think it's more of a help the person get to where we know they can get to. Mm-hmm. And even on a personal level, it's kind of doing the same thing for yourself. So if you weren't a manager, it is the same way. Are you encouraging yourself to be your best self and move in ways that support that? Or are you being tough on yourself and maybe having that inner critic? Uh, so I definitely think that one could look at this and some of the things we're going to talk about personally, but then also professionally, and then also if you manage people and how to take right. that coach approach. Are we cultivating our best selves, uh, putting putting the best step forward as we manage things that are going on in life, or are we thrashing and and dictating and, and things that seem more negative? So per- perfect segue. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, the first thing that came to mind was slow down, which I think is very counterintuitive in our busy lives, in our busy work lives. I'm home too, is that the ego is telling us to go faster and faster. And really what we need to do often when we are, you know, having trouble or something that we would need coaching around is to slow down, maybe ask more questions if you're interacting with someone else. Um, and, and life goes fast. So it's very counterintuitive. Right. Yeah. Because how can you take a look at what's going on around you? If you, if you, if you don't lift your head up from the grindstone or, or to do whatever, even if it's something personally, like I think intuitively we all know what is right and what's wrong. I mean, don't have the donut. <laughs> Go to bed early. <laughs> you know, uh, get up and, and move around. But how do we actually make ourselves do that? Sometimes if, if we're going so fast, well, I'll just grab this donut on the go, you know, um, and then, oh, I've been so busy all day. All I want now is some, some time to myself. So I'm just going to you know, watch TV for the next 
two hours. But if we stop, like you said, and slow things down, then we can take a look. Okay, take a breath. And I think our bodies also, if we if we do slow down, it allows us to to relax just for a minute there. And sometimes that that one minute is enough to say, okay, wait a minute, what? Why am I reaching for this donut right now? It's because I'm hungry. Okay, because I haven't had a chance to eat you know, a healthy whatever. All right, well, let's slow down and see. Let me take a look in the fridge here. Maybe I can take five minutes and then make a sandwich. Yeah, or even breathe. And we might yeah. even be grabbing for that and we're not hungry. We're just trying to keep moving and keep going and, and not slowing down. I think about a lot of the situations, too, that cause us to feel overwhelmed and overloaded. And, and then the ego is constantly saying, go faster, go faster. You're not going fast enough. And so slowing down is super counterintuitive. And it's the last thing you really think to do, but really it's how you could quiet, connect with your breath, as you say, and then hear your inner guidance. Really think about what you need next. And, and if you're overwhelmed, don't send that email that you just whipped off and, and, and take, breathe. You've got a few minutes. The brain is trying to tell you you don't have a few minutes, but you do. You really do. And in right. that slowdown, we can actually too show some active listening. If we're inner, if we're interacting with someone else, you know, are we, maybe asking more quick, tell me more. Like I'm confused about something and it's starting to elevate my stress level. I'm going to slow down and maybe say, Hmm, tell me more as opposed to getting defensive, you know, get curious. So I'm not sure, right. you know, what your thoughts are on that, or if you've ever had some really good examples in life about times where that you were well served. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think in even back, you were talking about the ego earlier, the ego or I've also heard it called the protective personality. It wants to protect us. So when that other person that we're in conversation with is, you know, coming at us in a more aggressive manner than perhaps we'd like, the ego wants to protect us. So what does it do? It ramps itself up and gets uh, fired up as well. So then we go back even harder. And then, you know, it just, you know, jolts us with that cortisol and our, our, our stress levels go up again and they come at us again, and then we go back and forth, and it's just back and forth. But like I said, can you stop? Can you ask a question? Even even sometimes, if if you bring your level down, they can bring their level down. You, you read about it in uh, in parenting. If you have a child who's excited or is upset about something, if you want them to come calm down and bring themselves down a few notches, make sure you're you're starting from that place down there, because if you start up top where they are, they're never going to be able to come down. So to your point earlier of stopping and, and almost managing that ego, right? If you take a breath, can that help that ego just say, okay, hold on one minute. Let me see what else is available to me right now. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, raising my voice and, and raising my energy level. Yeah, the stress, the slowing down when your brain might want to be speeding up and then boom, 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 you know, the deceleration. So great, yeah. great example with a parent, parent child, right? If we want to deescalate, we, we can't be way, way up there with our uh, nervousness and our, the quickness and the speed and the back and forth just tends to accelerate. So that's just a great, great image. Another 
thought I had was believing in the best over the worst. So as a coach, I have to say, when we're dealing with difficult situations or high levels of stress, it's natural for our brain to start thinking of all the negative scenarios and feeling very justified in doing so. But as a coach, what you would what I say specifically is the future's fiction until it gets here. So you might as well use your imagination, which you are doing using your imagination when you're thinking about where this is all going. Use your imagination for your good over your detriment and believe in the best. You, you may have things you need to prepare for if something's a real landslide, but to not allow that level of stress to be grinding away at us until we know we need it, need to do something. Right. Yeah. I like the way that the, the, the truth or the future is fiction, right? It is. <laughs> it definitely is. And also to, if we can slow down, it gets us to the present, which is where the truth lays for, mm-hmm. we're sitting there and, and we can slow down and okay, now let's, let's look at the present. Um, okay. This is the truth. And this is what I'm thinking, okay? But like you said, it, it, what I may, what I'm thinking right now may be fiction. So, um, as far as e- even coaching yourself, I, I think in order to have those conversations with ourselves, is we have to be at that place of rest um, to 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 slow it down and and then talk about okay, what does the future look like? Because there's the future now, and there may be different versions of the future. But how do we have that conversation with our self regarding the the future. You know, it may rain tomorrow and my baseball game gets rained out, or maybe it doesn't. So which one do we want to go with? And do you spend a lot of mental energy thinking about all the different scenarios, which is a great example because there's nothing, you know, there's nothing life or death about that baseball game. So good, neutral, very ordinary thing. It's like if you had a a young, your teenager was dealing with that and say they were getting all worked up about it, you'd be like, if it rains tomorrow, we'll deal with it tomorrow. And right. so that's, that is what you can coach yourself with too. Too much energy tends to be spent on catastrophizing scenario building. And there may be, there are situations, there may be situations where you have to build that, you know, you need to anticipate things. But I think because our brains know how to do it, we do it too often. And we're going down the rabbit hole and it's using up all our energy and we're catastrophizing instead of trusting ourselves that when we know otherwise, you know, it's, it's a good outcome until I'm told it's a bad outcome. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it's also easier mentally to, to think about the good stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's that anticipation, Mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 lets us feel good. I mean, I'm anticipating, you know, a trip that I'm going to take in a month, you know, and, and, and between now and that trip, you know, sometimes you, if you think about it, you think, oh, I'm going to, you know, wherever, some sunny beach in a month, yeah. you know, and then you get that jolt of positivity. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to be going <laughs> somewhere good. I'm glad you mentioned that jolt of positivity because Tisha and I talked about frequency in often and raising our vibration and on slightly unmeditated. And it's similar here. So understanding that the brain 
may have a bias, oftentimes has a bias to go to the negative, but we know that we like the positive. Like you said, that anticipating the good things, not the bad things, feels good. Anticipating that vacation, that's why people like it. And I've even talked to people that are like, I've got to know when my next trip is. You know, even leaning on it, if you will. And so that understanding that we want to be calm, we're better problem solvers when we're calm. Mm -hmm. And in, in that better state, my next point that I thought in terms of, you know, sort of self-coaching is staying with the good. So the expression is that our brains are like Velcro for bad and Teflon for good. So our brains stick to the negative, we'll ruminate on things like that. And the good things, we appreciate them. We're very grateful people, most, most of us. And it's, but it falls off our brain because it's not dangerous and it's not a problem, which is what our brain kind of likes to be used for. So staying with the good is an actual exercise that kind of building on believing in the best is like, yeah, actually try and stay with something that's good as a coaching exercise, a self-coaching exercise, and see how your mind keeps trying to yeah. leave it. And and that's, I think, the the coach piece of this whole thing, and you mentioned exercise, this is a, a positivity exercise, or but it's something that we need to be consistent with. And what what does a coach, if you think about a, you know, we'll go back to the baseball team, what does the coach do? They put the players through their exercise and they get them consistent and they get them thinking about the good plays they make out there and the good hits and the runs that they've scored. And that's part of a coach's role, um, whether it's a baseball team, basketball team, but also self-coaching is that's <laughs> that's our role here when we're talking to ourselves because we do have to somehow offset the the brain's natural tendency to, to – you know, the Teflon, the negative Teflon. And how can we do that if we allow that to happen? It's almost like letting, uh, you know, the other baseball team beat us. They just scored five runs against us. That's the negative Teflon. But if we coach, sorry, the negative Velcro. Or the yes, negative Velcro. Correct. Yep. Velcro the, the, sticking. Yep. Slides right yeah. off right. Teflon Velcro. just slide right off, yes. though. But the good sliding off. Yeah, there <laughs> it's you like go. Sliding into second. No, that's a good thing. We'll keep talking about baseball, right? <laughs> we were a bit. Uh, oh, well, yeah. we were a baseball family too. So actually, I, you know, that even your baseball analogy reminds me too, it, it, something that my husband said to in, as an exercise in mental mind shifting is that in baseball, a good batting average is 300. Right. Right. So that's only a third of the time you're winning, right? That's yeah. only a third of the time you're succeeding. So it's actually a game of failure and life can feel that way too. It's a game of failure. It's more rare that you actually succeed, yeah. but yet people are in it and, and love it. And that's kind of like life. You know, we, we may feel like we have more losses than wins sometime, but then again, that might also be our brain perceiving one to a deeper extent, stuck like Velcro to the negative. And then, you know, the good stuff falls off of our brain like Teflon. And so staying with the good if it is, is a really good taking a coach approach to your life and, and using that as an exercise. The next one I was thinking about is, um, noticing the inner critic 
And it really builds on these others because that self, it's that self kindness is that notice that inner critic and try and uh, temper that voice and come back with some self compassion and being able to counter that voice. What are, what are some of your thoughts about the inner critic? Yes, the inner critic, or maybe it's the fans that are booing you. <laughs> there you, you go. <laughs> you have to, it's, you know, you, the, the, so it, I, I guess we have to hear it, and we do hear it, and how do we almost take that and say, okay, I know where it's coming from, let me have my coach help me with this. If you brought it to your coach and said, hey, I'm struggling with this one particular pitcher i can't he every time he pitches to me i can't hit the ball all right well now the coach is going to talk you through well, what are you doing you know what do you do when, when when you see the pitcher what are you thinking when when you stand up there in the batter's box what are you thinking um and if it's that inner critic and we say well i just go up there and i say i know i can't do it i know i can't i know i can't do it well that's not going to help but if we if we have the coach to, you know giving us some some positive reinforcement before we go up to uh, face that uh, pitcher that we've struggled against. Now we got that inner uh, or that now we've got that uh, self coach uh, talking us up yeah. and telling us, Hey, we can do it. It's okay. We're, we're, we're going to get through this. We can do that for ourselves. It's okay to do that. And I think sometimes yeah. we maybe, maybe grew up in families that were more critical or uh, maybe even early in our career, we had workplaces that were critical. We, we have some maybe, feeling that we shouldn't be kind to ourselves. And these are the things that we're really trying to change culturally, like get out more, especially to young people. But, you know, certainly people of all ages can relate to this is, you know, it's not our job to be kicking ourselves. And the studies back it up. To be honest, right. people have more success and more motivation when they're kind to themselves than harsh with themselves. And even grabbing for that donut, like you're talking about before, if, if there is more kindness, we're, we're apt to do the right thing more often with the self kindness. Right. The challenge is that in the beginning, we may not even realize that it's the inner critic. It's just fact. We're having these thoughts and they're, kind of tough on ourselves and it's just a reality. Yeah. And in the thought that we can't be successful without that driving of ourselves and that, you know, what do they say? The monkey on the back whipping us and saying, no, nope, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to And that, that inner critic that tells us how bad we are unless we do this. So the only way that we'll do this is if we think about how bad we are and then almost punish ourselves to do it. And that has a short shelf life. <laughs> it sure does. It's not sustainable. And part of a midlife crisis is often that's a key. That's a part of it is it's just not sustainable. It us punishing ourselves into behaving, succeeding, any of that is just not sustainable. So it may feel like that tough that self-toughness or the inner critic got you to a certain point of success. But time and again, I see where it's, it's not sustainable. And so then there in midlife, there's a correct, a correction 
And, and then that's when we break open and that's when we learn, um, the softer side, dropping perfectionism instead of holding it up is, this is the way it should be. And, and it's interesting. Sometimes in coaching, people are, you know, like, wow, it's so freeing for them. So you see the people who this is a huge weight lifted off them and others who are scratching their head like, mm, no, I don't, this is not how life works. <laughs> and from a coaching perspective, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it can. It can be right. ki- a kinder place inside your own head. It can be. And it it's advisable. Um, we, sh- the ego wants to take ourselves so seriously. And that's where I think that catches us up with that too. Like we're supposed to be, as you say, the monkey on your back. And then it, I'm sure you're familiar with the phrase monkey mind. It's like, get, get rid of the monkeys. Like no, right. no monkeys yeah. were harmed for this episode, but we're going to just. Right. Put them all aside. They, we can't let the monkeys, uh, lead the way, right? right. We, we want to <laughs> right. take charge of taking a coach approach. Another thought right. that I was thinking when it, when, if you were to take a coach approach in, inside in coaching yourself, self care, debunking mm. any myth that it's self indulgent because it, it's absolutely necessary for you to function and bring yourself best self into the world. And, and a lot of people have myths that self-care is just a waste of time, selfish, people are guilty. Any thoughts you might have on that? Yeah, I, I've changed my tune on self-care 180 degrees over the past five years. And it's been really eye-opening. And, and like you said, Kim, it, all these studies come out that show you how positive it is for you to take care of yourself first it's the you know what do they say put the oxygen mask on yourself first and it's true i mean how can i show up in the world at 50 percent and expect to be able to help anybody else if i've only got half of you know myself to to share with them um if i can show up at 100 percent, i'm feeling good physically mentally spiritually if I've got those three things rolling, then I'm much more likely to, number one, take a chance and potentially reach out to someone and say, hey, are you doing okay? You know, and then have the energy on my side when they say, no, I'm really not doing okay. Then have the energy to sit with them and take some time and say, okay, why? You know, and then that's that's helping that person as opposed to if I was 50% because I stayed up late last night or I didn't exercise well, or I ate, you know, a bunch of sweets today, and now I had my crash. You can see the person, I, I still see that they're not doing well. But instead, I just walk right by and I say, I don't have the energy well, to deal with this right now. You so bring up a right really by. good point. We cannot give from an empty vessel. And if we are all walking around, exhausted, depleted, resentful, we cannot help each other. And whether it's a colleague, a friend, a subordinate, and we want to do better for by that person because we care about that person, we cannot give what we do not have. So if we're not taking care of ourselves, we don't have the energy or the compassion because if we're not taking care of ourselves, we actually don't believe that. Um, we have a hard time believing that for other people as well. And I, I right. think that that's 
one of the ways too, and you're sort of leading me into other thoughts too, like if you're a manager specifically, um, it is so important to be checking in with people who work for you so that they have good communication with you and you have good communication with them. Taking a coach approach as a manager would be to be checked in, checking in. And if we're too stressed and we're too tired, we're not going to do it. And if we do, we might brush them off or we'll just try and fix it. Just do this, you know, and have that come off wrong because we just simply do not have the capacity. Right. Or what what I think is is almost even worse is to ask the question out of obligation, if you will, as, as a manager. Oh, I guess oh, I got to check in on this person. They seem a little bit off. And then not have the capacity to help the person when they do get vulnerable with you and say, oh, geez, I'm really struggling with something. And then just yeah, yeah, think in your head, oh, my God, do I really have to deal with this right now? Because you don't have the capacity. You're not yeah. running – It circles back to that number one, slowing down and asking more questions, right? Circled right back to the beginning where we started, which was, you know, we, we can't do that if we are, um, just overloaded ourselves. And I think it's a challenge for managers. There is a lot of legitimate work on our desks. I mean, the modern workplace is getting, people are getting, a ridiculous amount of emails, getting piles of work, things may be reorganized, you may be listening and doing the job of two people. But really to make sure that we keep our ego in check on all that. And by that, I just mean that problem solving part of your brain that's telling you we have so much work, it's so much, I have no time. It's that part of you that's having all those thoughts on top of things telling you to rush, rush, rush. And instead, just make sure you can counter that voice. That that voice that's kind of panicking and troubleshooting and trying to protect you isn't adding to the noise, isn't adding to your, you know, not coaching yourself well, becoming the dictatorship inside yourself, right? And just um, disconnecting us from even other people. Right. And that's, that's the, the, the part of it that in order to complete that full connection, I I really think it's almost like, um, you know, plugging something into the, the outlet, you know, we have to have, you know, full energy on our side, you know, in, in order to actually make that connection, um, because you can't get two things that are kind of half coming together. To, it just it doesn't ever seem to fit. But um, and I believe that we can if we if we have you know that energy or we're close to operating at a hundred percent, that we can transfer some of that energy to the other person, and and maybe they are operating at fifty percent. Um, and if we can make that connection with them, you know, maybe we get them up to seventy five percent, and. But we can't do that from, you know, a, a place where you said from an empty yeah. vessel. And so real important for us to be slowing down at least enough to become conscious about all of this. It, that's the number one thing a coach would do. So if you, if whatever anyone's dealing with and you think, what would a coach say? The number one thing would be to get reflective and not just push and plow forward pause for a moment and think 
And so that does require some slowing down a little bit and some introspection. And so I would say just as to offer that that's the number one thing, the number one thing. And then I'd say the number two thing is what were you just thinking? Because if it is something that's now blowing up, and then what are your thoughts around it? Kind of separating reality from the thoughts you're having with the situation. And again, that requires stepping back a little bit. And, and you just, in a calm way, we're in our highest functioning brain with calm. So we probably yeah. should just end by saying, and when in doubt, breathe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just breathe. breathe. Just take a big breath. If you've breath. forgotten everything we said, just breathe. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, it'll help. Some of these things will follow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it does. It will stop you, and, and there you go. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you, Jim. This has been great. Thanks, thank Cam. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been fun. And uh, I'll, I'll be seeing you the next, next episode. You're in for another episode. Yep. So I appreciate we'll see that. See you then. In between, I'll work on my breathing. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we hope you're feeling a bit more centered. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of Find Your Center. You can reach out to me at kperone at center4c.com or connect with us at the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook or Instagram page or at goodvibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. In fact, send coaching questions if you have them. So that's all for today. I'm Kim Perone helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.